Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, June 18th, 2022. One of the reasons why the scriptures warn us so much about sin is because sin can destroy lives. Sin can just make all kinds of messes in in people's lives, in families, in workplaces, in churches. Uh, Sin is just so destructive. And, And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you have witnessed or experienced this. Maybe you have seen somebody's life or a marriage and family or a church be blown up because of sin. Maybe you have seen your own life really deal with heavy consequences of sin. Well, today we are going to look at one of the most famous sins in the entire Bible, and we are going to see how destructive it is. Even today is a, a particular warning about sexual sin. And even as you think of sin destroying lives or families or churches, even the examples maybe you thought of, how you've seen that happen, uh, how many of those, the, the specific sin involved was some kind of sexual sin. So we see the scripture warning us about this. We're going to see the consequences, but also we're going to see some things that should help us think differently and even should help us to avoid this kind of sin. Our Old Testament reading today, we're looking at 2 Samuel 11 and 12 and 1 Chronicles 20. And so this famous sin to which I have referred to is the sin of David and Bathsheba. And that's where you are probably familiar with the story. David commits adultery with Bathsheba. Uh, who is married to another man, right? His army is out fighting, but he is at home. And late one afternoon, he is walking on the roof. He sees a beautiful woman bathing. And so he uh, takes her in and he commits adultery with her. He sins here uh, with Bathsheba. And then to cover up his sin, he has her husband killed. I mean, first he tries to manipulate his her husband to uh, cover up the sin. He, he tries to get Uriah to come home and hopefully sleep with his wife. So this baby that has been conceived through his sin with Bathsheba, well, everyone will just think it's Uriah's and he'll be just fine, right? Uh, but Uriah proves to be a man of more integrity than David in this instance, and he will not go uh, enjoy his wife while his comrades are out in the field fighting. David even tries to get him drunk uh, to go and sleep with his wife, but he will not do it. So what does David do? He orchestrates the battle in such a way uh, that Uriah is sure to be killed. So David uh, really commits an act of murder. This wasn't him physically murdering or killing Uriah, but he orchestrated the death using his power as king to kill Uriah. And what I want you to see, those details are probably familiar to you, but what I want you to notice is the destruction that this sin causes. And we see more of that in chapter 12, where the prophet Nathan comes and rebukes David. And even here, you remember, he doesn't just come in shouting and wagging his finger. He comes in and he tells David a story 
uh, kind of a parable that even gets David worked up where he's saying, hey, this rich guy that stole the lamb from this poor guy, he should be killed, which is even an over-the-top punishment for that situation. And then in verse 7, Nathan said to David, you are the man. Now, usually if somebody told you, you're the man, you would be like, oh, thanks. Not here. Because what he's saying to David is, you are the man I was describing. You are the rich man that stole something precious from somebody else. You are the one who deserves to die. And what we see here is, as he receives this rebuke, David instantly repents. In verse 13, David says to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. And then you see that tragic consequence. And if you've ever experienced the loss of a baby or known someone who has, you know that there is there are few things in this world more painful than having a precious baby and then that baby dying or losing that that baby. That is such a sad and tragic thing. And David experiences that here. So you see the painful consequences. But the other thing I want you to note, uh, some of the other things here that Nathan says, going back to verse 10 of chapter 12, he says, now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And and, and that's where I want you to just mark those words and note, as we continue reading through 2 Samuel, it's going to feel like a different book. Up until now, 2 Samuel is victory and blessing. The the rest of 2 Samuel is going to be a tough scene. I mean, the very next chapter, one of David's sons is going to rape one of his daughters. And then we're going to see one of his other sons try to overthrow him, right? And this all goes back to what Nathan says here. So we see the utter destruction that sexual sin uh, sows in the life of King David. And even though that there is forgiveness, there is still these painful consequences that linger. And so that's where one thing this should be to us is a warning. How do we avoid this sin? And that's what I want us to look at from both the New Testament and what the, something that the prophet Nathan says to King David. So we want to learn some lessons. Okay, how can I avoid getting into some kind of sin that will reap these painful consequences in my own life? But one just quick word that we won't have time to really get into today. Some of you might be thinking, okay, I've already engaged in some sinful activity that has had these devastating consequences on my life. What is there for me? And that's where I want to encourage you, make sure you you do the next day's reading. And even if, if this discourages you, go ahead and skip to the next day. In particular, read Psalm 32. Read Psalm 51. We'll be reading those in our next 
reading where we see these psalms that David writes in response to his sin. And they're beautiful pictures of repentance, which is essential if this sin is, if we've committed sin like this, but also it reflects on the blessings of forgiveness, uh, the blessings even of restoration. So I would encourage you to read those Psalms. But for today, we want to think, okay, how do we avoid this sin? Let's start with something that Nathan says to David, and then let's move to our New Testament reading. It starts with David or Nathan, right after he says, you are the man, he goes on to say in verse seven, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord? to do what is evil in his sight. So it starts with Nathan reminding David, look how good God has been to you. And if you needed something more, God would be faithful and he would provide. And that's where I think a lot of straying into sin starts. It starts by doubting the goodness of God. It starts by forgetting all that God has done for you. And trust me, we could always look at something and say, well, God hasn't given me that. Well, here, that's Nathan points David back. Look at all God has given you. Why would you despise that? Why would you despise the word of the Lord and, and go seek something that, that is not right? And, and that's going to lead us now to James 1. Again, I, I mentioned this in our last podcast, as we're going through the book of Acts, we'll come to some breaks where we read some of the epistles. And some, it's easier to tell than others exactly when they were written. But this is, James, we think, is one of the earlier, or even in this case, the earliest epistle that is written. So we're reading it now. But this says some things that pertain to our topic. And as we look at this, start in verse 13 of James 1. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now that is a cycle we saw there um, with King David. But look what it goes on to say, that the immediate follow-up to that discussion of temptation, we see in verse 16, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change of his own will. He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And that's where, as we look at this uh, he counters temptation with a reminder, no, God is a generous God. God gives good and perfect gifts. Exhibit A, you are alive spiritually. You were brought forth by the word of truth. You're a new creation. Don't forget that and get lured in by sin. And even you're probably familiar with the beginning of James chapter one. That's a helpful thought because you might be saying, man, my life doesn't feel like it's full of good and perfect gifts right now. It feels like I'm in the middle of something hard. It feels like I'm in the middle of a trial. 
Well, remember verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So for a Christian, we can even look at the hard things in our lives and say, hey, this is another gift from God. I might not know what the purpose is. It might might not be short trial like I would want it to be, but I trust that there is a good father that is providing for me. And that can help us fight against sin. And I think lots of times uh, the doors to temptation are more open when we are going through a hard time. And that's when it is very important for us to remember the goodness of God. So today is a pretty serious topic, how destructive sin can be. But hopefully we see the destruction and we see a path towards avoiding the destruction of sin and of sexual sin by trusting and believing in the goodness and generosity of God. And again, like I said, if you're looking at some of this saying, well, I'm already dealing with some of the consequences and this might help me avoid this sin in the future, but I've got sin in my past that still um, I have to deal with. Well, make sure you listen to the next podcast or even go ahead and read ahead with Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. And we'll discuss those next time. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.